0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And COVID-19 is
1: still making headlines, but no one really knows what's going on with it, unfortunately. No no one knows the numbers. No one knows how bad this could have been. It's all just speculation right, that's, in every it's, direction.
2: It's like the 24-hour news paradigm has been broken by this virus we are going to talk about a bunch of things that we really don't have facts on and we're just going to in and talk about nothing else and inundate you with these facts so a with these speculations that we're calling facts right and you know and then factoids incorrect truthy sounding things like a bunch of crap uh just over and over again don't forget the preachy stuff and the smarmy stuff and then all the rest like there has like there, there's not even facts going on here. They, they haven't even they, there's been haven't been facts in weeks.
3: They don't even interview experts. They just interview people with titles that call them experts.
2: Well, like if, if you see well, all,
3: not
1: even all the that, health- or, you know, 15 year old girls who purport to be climate change
2: experts. <laughs> she's not she's not that old. Um, oh, well, right. I'm talking but they put about her on the panel. I'm talking about via the, uh, the health. She's ministers. not even 15. No.
1: And she's being put on the CNN panel.
2: Yeah. What a joke. It's ridiculous. How dare you? Yeah, probably. How dare you? <laughs> How dare I? In the week of April the 11th, there are approximately 18,000 more deaths than would be considered the upper bound for the threshold of excess deaths.
1: And this is the United States? Or I, yes. worldwide?
2: No place else counts. You know that. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's right. I, I forgot how the, to be an American for a moment. Right.
2: It's, it's the CDC. So, yes, okay. it is the United States. So
1: 18,000 people in this one week in April right. died, and that was the worst of it.
2: Yeah, and it's been steadily coming down, and by the looks of the numbers here, it would appear as though the week just passed, because we haven't hit the last day of this week, uh, the week just passed will probably be um, at... Or below the excess death chart. So any anybody who's suggesting that there's been a bounce or anything else like that, it is not borne out by the numbers.
1: Well, there's there's clearly been a bounce. Just whether or not that bounce is significant enough to warrant shutting down the economy. Well, I don't
2: mean that there wasn't a spike, but what the oh, suggestion down, is is that okay, now you. that we're going, Sorry. now that I had a, had uh, some hot wings at Brickhouse Pizza and Wings here in Keene, New Hampshire, we are all going to die. Right? Like, that's been the suggestion. Well, obviously. And I'm just saying, folks. (laughs) You having wings doomed us all. There there ain't no, there's no (laughs) backing for this. You know, the states that didn't shut down as much don't seem to have any worse, really worse numbers. Sweden's doing just fine. In fact, it's a model for reopening. Maybe this is just over.
1: Facts in regard to the coronavirus are in short supply, it would seem. However, facts on the second stimulus payment that is now being pushed through Congress, because evidently one stimulus payment isn't enough. I'm just sort of glad that we're not seeing a UBI out of this
2: yet. Well, That's what I think, um, you know, a large contingent of people that are sort of uh, anti-freedom, <laughs> you know, on this particular issue, pro-lockdown, are really saying, is, is that... Yeah, we think if we hold out and profess to be scared enough that we can keep the free money a-comin'. Now, everybody I've talked to seems a little annoyed at at least one person in their life that is now making more money by staying home than they were by working. Uh, does, well it's hard not everybody to had this experience. that but know? have you had this experience <laughs> have you heard of this per- do you have this person in your life I, I, I do not I don't have bumps in my life right that's the thing is, is I don't really have this but I do talk to people and they're all like yeah my sister's uh, child is uh, you know or this whatever the situation my nephew whoever, it, whomever it is they're like oh yeah I know somebody they're making more money by staying home and I don't like it and why would they
1: another $1,200 check for the Americans, what is this going to accomplish? What was the last one spent on weed and video games? No,
2: this alcohol. That, well, the, the claim was, uh, according to NPR, as I uh, heard it today, was is this these last checks have really truly been spent on things like, you know, rent and food. And it's probably because people can't go anywhere.
1: See, I don't know how true that is. I, I, I use mine to buy Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But of course, I wasn't behind on you know written stuff in the first
2: place. Right, and you didn't uh, you didn't get to stay home a single day. In fact, you guys have been working full flat out the whole time. Yeah,
1: well, that's yeah. a choice. I mean, I, I don't have to.
2: And, uh, agreed, I but, I get it. But
1: so Congress just passed another well, sort of one. The House passed a bill that includes a second stimulus check, but Congress has two different chambers, obviously the Senate and the House. And the Senate, the liars
2: and the thieves. Yes. <laughs>
1: The vipers and the snakes, <laughs> and the Senate has not yet agreed to pass another stimulus check, but but they will, because not doing so would be political suicide. And isn't it the case that every no is every representative who's up every two years, right? Yes, the so representatives, representatives for two, years, for two senators years, senators for six. Yeah. Okay, so the Senate, so a third of the two thirds of the senators would be okay. It'll be interesting to see what happens there then. So here's the deal: the House passed a three trillion dollar stimulus relief, which might as well be a hundred quadrillion dollars. I mean, the number three trillion is as meaningless to me as the number eight hundred thousand infinity.
2: It feels like the first checks came, as sort of uh, the same way George Bush's checks came, like, "Hey, vote for me, aren't I awesome?" Um, and Donald Trump, it seems like he's just trying to get, you know, buy himself some votes, right? And democracy in action. <laughs> right. Now it seems like the Democrats are like, oh, God, he, how did he use our money to buy votes for him? <sighs> I got an idea. Let's give away more money. And then Trump either says it's a great idea or a bad idea. I don't know which. And then, you know, the hun- the, the country is split down the middle again. I I, I, I don't have any answers for this. I definitely I will say that I am much happier giving money away to poor people than I am to b- rich bankers. Yes. <laughs> well, just go ahead and say that. Because talk can't about have one the banks put it on deposit back in the day um, during to the two thousand and 2008 thing. They just put the money on de- uh, deposit and shored up their, their accounts with it. Whereas the poor people spend it immediately. You know, it's gone. 70% of Americans, 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So when yeah, you give wh- them money, it just disappears. Poof. And you prefer this. That's what we call the velocity of money. And when your money is based on nothing, which the United States dollar is, Uh I know, full faith and credit of the United States, Navy, and blah, 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 whatever. Um, Their ability to make and drop bombs, essentially. Whatever the the, the, the lie that we've been told is. The problem uh, with the virus isn't the people that are dying from it. It's what it did to the economy. And it's this is going to be it's going to be very tough on a lot of poor people to me although i um although i don't think it's a good idea to feed the bears we were using the analogy of uh, you know in parks they tell you not to feed the bears i don't think it's a good time to start being responsible with money when things are the for the government to start being responsible when things are bad Right? It's good time to tell everybody to start being responsible when things are good. Right? So the ant and the grasshopper. You know the old story? So the ant is working all throughout the summer, working hard, and the grasshopper comes up and he says, why don't you dance and play with me? Because I'm having a great time. And the ant's like, I've got to get ready for winter. You're going to be cold and hungry come winter if you don't do your thing. And the ant spoke to the grasshopper and said, you know, gave him a warning ahead of time. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, there will be another pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, there will be another economic crash. Ladies and gentlemen, powerful and rich people at the top of the economic ladder will crap down upon you again. It's, this isn't the last time. You need to be prepared for it. And if you're not prepared for it, then the crap shall fall upon thee. And
1: one of the things about this whole lockdown that's bothered me the most is the psychological impact of it. And k- keeping in mind that the the best example of this that I've yet to see was a friend of mine playing a game of go fish against her cat while, while in <laughs> lockdown a- and losing the game, by <laughs> well, the way. But, you know, how how starved for human interaction and human contact do you have to be to be like... I'm going to play. She also played tic-tac-toe with the same cat by drawing out the board and putting cat treats under nine cups and he would smack one and that would be where he would get his ex. So, I mean, talk high levels of boredom here and
2: just cabin fever in general. So it's certainly. I haven't not, had that kind of time this whole <laughs> event. Like, I mean, you know, like, you're not out of work because of it. My, the, the type of person who's I used work to, from home. I mean, my wife think I thinks I've been out of work for for two decades now.
1: Yes, but you, so you're not the type of person who is accustomed to dedicating forty hours a week of your life to not being at home.
2: No. I am the kind of person who has been dealing with somebody who tells them what to do constantly, so I can duck and dodge a little better than the average person. But she's still finding <laughs> things for me to do even right now. And then when we're not doing something, let's go out for a walk. Get your pudgy butt out in the road.
1: So what else are we looking at in terms of psychological damage caused by the lockdowns oh, caused by the government?
3: Yes, yes, thank you for making that distinction. Um, uh self-harm. Uh, An Irish study found that self-harm rate to have increased across the population following the Great Recession, with men between ages of 25 and 44, impacted the most. Although this is by far outside the usual age and sex demographic for self-harm, it may be explained by heightened that stress-working aged men felt... their roles as primary breadwinners a study in britain after the crash also noted spike in self harm associated particularly with areas seeing greater amounts of job loss in an economy with people out of work more than ever before vets of considerable alarm
1: well wasn't it the case during the um the great depression that people were flinging themselves out of windows that young businessmen were flinging themselves out of windows
2: i think that's because they went broke is the uh, story yeah that's and it's kind of what's
1: happening too. here
3: well, in, in in this case, it's not it's it's not like suddenly overnight all the shares that you have, your entire life savings, is worthless. It's like a slow bleed where you know week one you're you're um, you're furloughed, then you're laid off, and then you try and find work, then the check stop coming in, then you know your wife leaves you, then you can't you lose your car and your house, and then you blow your brains out or kill yourself. Uh, in this case, alcohol is probably involved too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Well, that was a nice and cheery statement there vincent thank you <laughs> well no it's not a statement i mean you know i
3: mean this is just it's uh, it's an unfortunate series of events
1: what is the acceptable number of deaths what is the excess deaths up from suicide because of the government lockdowns
2: well i don't have any numbers as far as uh, you know what the deaths are caused by i mean i'm presuming <laughs> that these deaths are caused by covid they could very well have been caused by the suicides from being locked up i don't know
1: I don't. I. I doubt very many of them are actually caused by suicides. Because for so many people, I mean, we're only what two and a half months into this, and the light. We seem to be seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, some sort of end and reopening up of the economy. So I imagine most people, most people who made it through the first week, was like, okay, this isn't nearly as devastating or bad as we expected it to be, at least as far as the psychological impact of being stuck at home. But that doesn't mean there's no psychological impact whatsoever. As we're seeing, depression is on the rise. Um, boredom, obviously, on the rise. Anxiety. Alcohol uh, purchasing
3: is skyrocketing here. They have some interesting right. figures. For the week ending April 25th. Well, there's
2: nothing else to do. The, uh, you Which know, re- the, the lefties want to get rid of guns because some people use them to kill themselves. I'll bet you alcohol is involved in far more deaths than guns. Uh, not that I'm advocating getting rid of it. Even far more suicides.
1: It would depend on I the t-
2: uh, suicides. Excuse me. Thank it you. would
1: depend on the demographic. I mean, most women don't kill themselves with guns. That's predominantly a male thing.
2: If you're going to buy cryptocurrency, and you just desperately have to tell the person that you're buying it from some reason that you're going to buy it, tell them that you're buying it to hold it in the hopes that it becomes more valuable. Because if you tell them anything else, like I'm going to buy untracked guns on the internet or I'm going to buy uh, drugs on the internet or I'm going to gamble on the internet. Then you've just made them a party to your crime and made it so they're not going to sell. And to make it a little more clear, you're a cop if you tell somebody why you're buying cryptocurrency. That's it. Yeah. I I agree with that reasoning. Yeah. So – The only thing that you can get somebody for, um, you know, the only way that you can get somebody in trouble uh, for selling cryptocurrency is if they know why you're buying it and that reason is illegal.
1: Yeah, so just don't tell them. Yes. I mean, that that would be my advice to people. I I wouldn't even tell them, oh, I'm buying it as an investment, whatever. It's not my business.
2: It's really not their business. no. No.
1: And, I, you know, even if you're just like, I want to buy it because I want to go down to the local burger place that takes Bitcoin, I still wouldn't do it because that same idiot's going to come back two weeks later and say, oh, yeah, I want to buy some heroin with this Bitcoin. So, Mark, we were discussing before the show about some probably not reliable information I've seen that suggested that the flu deaths this year were almost twice as high as the COVID-19 deaths from this year.
2: Right, I don't believe that no, that number exactly, but um, I will go. And I want to. I want to bring something out that kind of changed for me during this. I had a general idea that flu deaths in this country were somewhere between thirty and sixty thousand people per year, and I never questioned that number. Just you know, like I'll question a lot of numbers out there, but for some reason, I didn't question that number. Okay, and. I'm, I'm going to read an excerpt of a blog here from Scientific American. All right. To be clear, folks, this is not an article from Scientific American, meaning it has not had as much rigorous uh, you know, checking or anything like that. This is a blog from a doctor. All right. Writing in for Scientific American. Did here. he
1: wear a white coat as he wrote the article? Because if so, then to it's, it's totally I don't even know facts that it's, and we're good to go.
2: It's a he that wrote it and uh, it's a doctor. That's all I can tell you. And I'm not going to, you know, read the first part of it because it's a bunch of rambling about Trump and flu and all that stuff, because the liberals are seriously upset that Trump used the term flu to describe COVID-19. And they're not going to be over over that uh, for mm, ever. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do, too. But finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. Thank you. The 25,000 to 69,000 numbers that Trump cited uh, do not represent counted flu deaths per year. They are estimates that the CDC produces by multiplying the number of flu death counts reported by various coefficients produced throughout the complicated uh, algorithms. Who cares what the reason for bad information is? It's just bad information. These coefficients are based on assumptions of how many cases, hospitalizations, and deaths they believe went unreported. In the last six flu seasons, the CDC's reported number of actual confirmed flu deaths, that is, counting flu deaths, that were Uh, that are currently counting deaths from the coronavirus has ranged from 3,400, as opposed to uh, 34,000, to 15,000, which is far lower than the numbers commonly repeated by public officials and even public health experts.
1: Well, isn't the idea here that if an old lady is going to die of the flu, she's probably going to,
2: like, die in her sleep? Right, I mean, like something always is kind of the catalyst for the death that was going to happen anyway. I mean, there's very few people that just sort of oh, expire, right? There's something that happened. My yeah. great grandmother who was 96 I mean, years no one old just
1: drops dead, right?
2: It does happen.
1: Well, they die of something. Something kills them,
2: right? And sometimes it's the flu, right? <laughs> you
3: know, I understand that uh, Mark was reading the article about the ER doctor, but. I think you're missing the point in that an ER doctor is not normally going to see someone die of the flu because if um, they're in respiratory distress, they'll probably get admitted to the hospital and get sent to the ICU. So like an ER doesn't function as a caretaking facility. Um, So if a patient comes in and they've got a problem, um, it's either not serious enough and they discharge the patient or it's serious.
1: Uh, We seem to have lost you. However, I believe uh, Mark said during the article that the doctor claims to have called uh, doctors, some of whom worked in intensive care.
2: Yeah, that was a, um, he was a, he was an ER doctor and a, an attending physician. So part of this is sort of a, uh, I guess ad hominem, the opposite of an ad hominem. I'm taking Scientific American, uh, Scientific American's hosting of this particular blog to some extent as an endorsement of what they're saying. Um, secondly, the doctor here claims to be both an, I'm looking for it, um, about the uh yeah now i'm trying to scan through the article in the middle of the show and find out the spot where i was as far as uh, what. well uh, what so, it
3: can you guys hear me now yep yeah. gotcha yeah so i mean the reason i, I bring that up is because uh, my wife is an er doctor as well and so she spends a lot of time um where she'll see patients um and she 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 will only find out what happens to them after they get admitted.
1: So these two football players got on a jet headed from one side of the country to the other. And according to a report by Bleacher Report on Wednesday, the players are just listed as John Doe 1 and John Doe 2. They said that they made four complaints against a female passenger sitting in their row for, quote, unwanted sexual advances before flight attendants moved her somewhere else. And evidently, it wasn't because they made a fifth complaint, it was because she, like, physically attacked them.
2: So Who? The The football players. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. The report also stated that the female passenger was intoxicated and was taking prescription pills. The player Mm. said that the woman wasn't moved until she ripped off his face mask, which was worn to protect him against the coronavirus. Wow. And grabbed his parts of his body okay so definitely sexual assault at this point Yeah. sexual harassment prior to that and then it becomes sexual assault what amazes me is that the these two football players had that sort of restraint in the first i thought that was one of the main appeals of becoming like a football
2: player or a rock star or something that is the groupies right well it's not like every groupie is uh made the same you know okay fair point (laughs) (laughs) Some so, of them
1: might be traps.
2: <laughs> indeed, they might. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I think I'd be personally more concerned about uh, you know some random person going after my face mask than uh, you know grabbing my crotch, although that could certainly hurt.
1: And according to decrypt.co, the price of Bitcoin has dropped two hundred dollars in the last thirty minutes. Which okay. is not unusual at all. Over worries that pseudonymous well, I, I would say he's anonymous at this point. Bitcoin inventor Satoshi Nakamoto may have moved some of his coins. Bitcoin fell to a low of ninety-five fifty.
2: Well, pseudonymous means that you have taken a pseudonym to keep your name okay. hidden. So he is pseudonymous.
1: Okay, that's not generally the way. Not it's seemingly used. not anonymous. Okay. I I, uh, I understood it yeah. to mean like pseudo anonymous. Yeah, not that. That makes more sense. Okay. Earlier today, 50 Bitcoin mined in the first month of Bitcoin's existence were moved as Decrypt reported worth $50,000 and allegedly only 3 people at the time were even aware of Bitcoin's existence. Right.
2: Which and one of them's dead.
1: Yes, but his wife in theory could have moved could it. have access to the funds. Since Satoshi Nakamoto was one of the few Bitcoin miners at the time, one of three Bitcoin miners at the time, it has been suggested that these coins were his. However, while some of the wallets, while some wallets are known to be Satoshi's, the status of this wallet was less than certain. While these are most likely not coins that have been mined by Satoshi Nakamoto, it is the first time since 2017 that funds dormant for more than 10 years have been moved.
2: Yeah, I would say it's exciting for that. It's like it's like the super moon or whatever, you know. Oh, wow, that's cool. So I'm what happened in it.
1: 2017? Was that the year that it went up to twenty thousand dollars and it just fell off a cliff? Yeah, yes.
2: that's correct. Okay, so I December understand. 2017 was the uh, the the big month.
1: So this is the first time since then that that has happened. Fascinating. Should be interesting to see how this plays out for both Bitcoin. And for Craig Wright, who claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, I want to see just confirmation that Satoshi Nakamoto is still alive by a move of you know one Satoshi of Bitcoin to some other address.
2: Yeah, I've always liked the uh, idea that it was that uh, guy that had that weird disease that he couldn't, that it was in like an electric wheelchair, kind of like a Stephen Hawking kind of character. Yeah. Uh, I always liked the idea that it was him because he died. You know, yeah. And that solves the problem.
1: I certainly think it's a bad idea for whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, if this person is still alive, to come and say, oh, yeah, I'm Satoshi. It's a bad idea for countless reasons. Now, one of the things that I remember perhaps more vividly than most people, because I, I'm from the South where a lot of people hunt. And it's, uh, it's their lifestyle to go out there at 3 o'clock in the morning, set up in the woods, do nothing for the next four hours, but holding a twenty two. And when the DHS bought, uh, what was it, like millions of rounds of— Billions 20- of dollars worth of uh, ammunition. Okay. They bought a ton of twenty two ammunition. And the result of that
2: continues— i curious as to why. I mean, what are they going to do with twenty two rounds? What, what are they going to do with anything, man? It's, but it's a 22 government. round isn't a, I mean that's not a, it's not a military round. It's not a, um, a self defense round. It's nothing to do with shooting sort of people. Although more people are killed by 22s than most other, but that's because they're a cheap gun and you know Saturday night special kind of situation, or and they can be used as assassinations because they're not particularly loud. Well, I think the hypothesis was that the government wanted to buy them in
1: order to keep the masses of people from buying them because most that, of the people did have 22 sitting around in their house that would
2: be what i would guess
3: it's well yeah it's uh, to drive up the price because people would use 22 for small game it's perfect for survival stuff it's you know yep. small game hunting and teaching people how to use it for planking the federal government is ramping up new purchases of riot gear citing the virus pandemic comes at a time when the economy has plunged into recession and high unemployment has led to increased anxieties across the country the intercept says a recent order made by the Department of Veterans Affairs shows quote, "disposable cuffs, gas masks, ballistic helmets and riot gloves, along with law enforcement protective equipment, were bought for federal police assigned to guard Virginia for service VA facilities." The order was quickly fulfilled under a special authorization, quote, in response to a COVID-19 outbreak. So I wonder if they're getting a certain amount of their expenses subsidized even further by the government as long as they write down for COVID-19. So this is just an excuse for them to waste their budget and buy things?
2: Well, that's one thing that pretty much everybody who's worked with the feds – and I don't know what it's like on a state level. I'm sure we can get some people who've worked for state-level employees to call in about this. But many people, especially the military um, – but you know, many departments will just have this sort of the end of the fiscal year spending thing. Sure. They'll throw away all the it happens furniture. In private industry as well. It does it. Yeah. Why would they do that? <laughs> because- well,
1: because this department has fifty
2: thousand dollars per
1: year that they can spend in excess of you know whatever they're going to get provided for them. So they don't want their budget reduced either. So toward the end of the year, we started getting all sorts of stupid IT calls that they could have easily handled. They just didn't want to because this allowed them to pay us and allowed them to keep their budget at $50,000.
0: I don't know all the details on the twenty two caliber. I would speculate it was a large increase in demand, and there's very few manufacturers that manufacture rimfire. Um, So there's not a lot of supply elasticity. Okay. When it comes to other ammunition, though, like AR-15 and that, under Obama, via an executive order, he signed an order that eliminated. Well, let me start from the beginning. The majority of remanufactured ammunition was remanufactured from spent military brass.
2: Okay, makes sense.
0: And, and like in my AR, I don't buy new ammunition if I'm just out shooting because it's expensive. Right,
2: it is so expensive.
0: I always buy re, remanufactured. And under Obama, he ordered the military to destroy all of their spent brass and sell it as scrap brass and no longer sell it into the reloading manufacturing. So prices went through the roof because the remanufacturers no longer, they had to buy new brass. So essentially it's new ammunition. They could no longer store spent brass from the military.
2: That's that's I, frustrating. Uh, it, did Trump undo this uh, little uh, bit of uh, executive wizardry? Or does it- No, I don't know. Okay.
1: I mean, making ammunition isn't easy, but I one of the people that I um, hung out with a lot who suffered from the 22 ammunition shortage, he preferred making his own rounds.
0: you just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.